2: oh it's thursday and you know what that means that means it's time to ignite the dynamite the day after the dynamite right here on day after dynamite and i am will washington welcome to another edition of day after dynamite sorry i'm out of breath right as the theme song was starting which as you know it's a very short theme song i was like you know what i need some light in here and so i ran and turned on the lights and ran back to my desk And it was literally, I I, I literally got in my seat right as the theme song ended. But again, I'm Will Washington. I'm not alone here, though. True story, folks. Those of you that have been following me a long time already know this. Those of you that haven't are gonna hear this again. For 16 years, I used to host a little show called RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk. Hosted it for 16 years. Very few things I've done in my life that long. I've only been married 13 years, right? Actually, I've been married 11 years, but I've been in that relationship 13 years. Did that show a really long time. I left that show over a year ago, and um, I was part of a quartet known as The Fatal Four. Um, The Fatal Four retooled itself over time um, because I left, Eric left, Maxwell left, um, and even the guys I hosted with before... Uh, matt galloway's left that show and pretty much it's always been an ever evolving cycle of making the quartet complete after i left the show rebuilt um cody had joined right before i left and right after b-rob had joined i'd done plenty with b-rob but the one person who officially joined the fatal four around the end of my time there is somebody that i've never really like formally gotten a host a full-on podcast with. We did the year end awards last year. You weren't officially a part of the show at that point, I don't think. No. Um, but otherwise, person who I guess you can kind of say took my place on RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk is one Noah Stewart, my guest today, somebody that I've never like actually gotten to do this with, and like barely even fucking know. But hey, Noah, <laughs> thanks for being here on Day After Dynamite.
3: Awesome, yeah, I'm. I'm glad to be here. Glad to you know keep the the RBR torch burning over there, uh, and I'm I'm excited to uh, talk to you and the fellow fans out there.
2: Well, thank you for being here again. It's I think for like the long time RBR people, they it's probably like a blast of of two different time periods, hearing yeah. my voice and your voice, and it's like they know all of the the idiosyncrasies of, of myself and they know yours as well but like together to to see those is, is probably a treat for some people so that's kind of cool so thank you for being here noah um it's been an interesting week we got some some interesting news out of aw i won't say this was like a groundbreaking week the way weeks have been in the past but we got some
3: kind of some cool interesting stuff. tidbits yeah some some yes. fascinating little things
2: Okay, I have to know, though. Again, I left RBR a long time ago. So you were kind of explaining it to me before the the show, but Gas Station Garbage Man was only, like, mildly (laughs) explained to me.
3: It's not that complicated. It's So I've started a a new segment at the beginning of each RBR podcast uh, during just, like, you know, our beginning prattle that's, like, 20 to 30 minutes before we actually start talking about wrestling uh, where I present... A food item that I found at a gas station. Uh just because I go to a gas station almost every day. I'll get like an icy or something. I don't know. I just like eating garbage at the gas station. Um <laughs> and I'll just pick something that I haven't tried yet and I'll eat it live on the air. Uh last week it was a lot of Halloween-themed snacks, like a like orange iced uh hostess cupcakes or whatever. Uh last night I actually grabbed it was like, you know, at the gas stations they have those they have items they're meant. For people that are on their way to a party, and they, it's something they can drink real, real quick to pre-game before they get to the actual party. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I, I grabbed something. It was called a beatbox, and it came in a cardboard container like you would get like coconut water or something. But it was like 11.4 AB, ABV, uh, and I was definitely feeling it by the end of the podcast. It's not always alcohol-based. That Very rarely is it alcohol-based, but last night it was. <laughs>
2: I think I've mildly heard about that. That's some feedback. Speaking of, of I don't even know how to transition that, it's, uh, <laughs> it, 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 we have our weekly cameo from Mr. Jeremy Lombert. Jeremy, Will Washington, there he goes. How are you,
4: Will Washington?
2: I'm doing pretty okay, actually. It's Thursday. It's an ask uh grap city day, which I was about to promote, but um, yeah, it's it's a fascinating day and uh, I'll I'll leave it at that for now. How are you? I, I'm
4: well, Noah. Nice to, to meet you on here nice on the web the, the forbidden door of media, Will Washington always connecting <laughs> people. You can you can promote Ask Grap City Will, which is five o'clock on FIFO Select by mentioning that Phil Lindsay of Grap City was on the spotlight today talking about how he gets himself in trouble when he is on fightful select
2: i mean look paywall phil is a real thing if you are not subscribed to fightful select and you've never seen ask Grapsity, you have to look um i will say that we are look i love grapsody and part of what i love about grapsody is it's a show where i can be um i would say 90% of my most authentic self. And I love that. And I love getting to be myself with my guys. And the reason I say 90% is because that other, like, additional 9%, there's like 1% I still can't be, just period. But the additional 9% happens on Ask Rhapsody, where um we just get to turn up a little bit. And it's fun. Uh, and if you... So we have paywall will as well, then. I, I mean, feel. in general, I'd say we... We're a lot less filtered on Ask Rhapsody for sure, and if you've never checked it out, again FightfulSelect.com. dot com. That's coming up at five PM Eastern. Uh, be there for Ask Rhapsody. It's it's gonna be a lot of fun, um, and it always is. So, uh, I didn't hear uh, Phil this week on the spotlight. Um, so you should watch the product, Will Washington. <laughs> Look, man. Do you know what I'm doing when when I get that notification that the spotlight is on?
4: You wanna know what I was I'm doing? Sleeping like a normal person. No, I'm usually cooking my children breakfast. That's they what had, it. yeah. It's like, had... it's what seven thirty for you? Two hours behind? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm up at six, dealing with the kids here, getting them breakfast, getting them ready for school. So I know we know the dad life well. You yeah, know, it's, know, it's early right. morning. So what are you usually doing at
2: that point? I Always get that <laughs> notification. I have to have Billy to school by seven forty-five, and so I'm usually like scrambling to eh, i actually wasn't intending for a pun there, but scrambling to make him (laughs) eggs and, and pancakes and things along those lines. And then I get him out the door and then I usually look down at my phone and I'm like, Oh, spotlight's on. Uh, so one of these days I will actually catch
4: the spotlight. But, uh, in the meantime, nobody watches it. It's fine. We we just, we're just there doing popping ourselves, (laughs) talking to our friends, talking about MLW running shows from 18 months ago. Like it's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know we we did talk about we did real quickly, I, I won't keep you guys too long. We did uh, talk about a a spotlight grab city crossover because you guys are big Power Ranger fans. We're big Power Ranger fans. We feel like we need to do Power Ranger crossover episode.
2: I people keep asking for like a power ranger tier list like people keep asking me for anything like they want a power ranger podcast for me and at some point i probably could pull that off because um like you get me started i will eventually go by the way for anybody who's ever asked that is right there that's a lord zed uh right <laughs> over my shoulder and then right there that Ooh. is a dragon that's a dragon sword right there um so like i can i can go when it comes to Power Rangers, I could do a tier list. I can do all that shit. But uh, in the meantime, you just have to wait and see.
4: Thank you for stopping by, Jeremy Lambert. I mean, I just pop in whether I'm invited or not. I <laughs> just, just see myself in, see myself out. Y'all have a great show. Noah, nice to see you. Nice to meet you. Enjoy. Nice to you. Enjoy nice hanging you out with Will Washington. Some more reuniting. By the way, shout out to, sorry, I'm just keeping myself here. Shout out to Max, Maxwell, who I you guys used used to do the show with RBR. Uh I thought we still interact a little bit on Twitter, but he did my show very, very long ago talking basketball. And get him on this show, Will Washington, so I can say hi to him again. Because he probably has no idea, no remembrance that he did this show with me, like legit, like 10 years ago talking basketball.
2: I will ask Maxwell, like Uh, I'll get him on the calendar, actually. Uh, I I have to see if he even has availability. But, (laughs)
4: yes. Uh, No, I I should. I should get Maxwell on the show. That would be fun. But thank you,
2: Jeremy. Bye,
4: guys. Bye, everybody in the chat. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Okay. Well,
2: folks, I also want to hear from you guys. And the way we can hear from you guys, there's a couple of ways. Um, we definitely want you to donate a super chat. It helps support what we do here because um, we got a super chat here from Orion Ben 666. He says, back in the chat, dad riding without a <laughs> license. I can't believe Stokely Hathaway got away with that. I know. Um,
3: Twice. He said it like two or three times.
2: I know, right? And, and it a pre-taped promo. So it's not like one of those things where uh oh shit he said that well it's already said it's like no this was like in almost scripted fashion
3: it had to go through some channels
2: it had to go through some channels send us your super chats though youtube.com slash fightful and then also uh you can send us your humper chats humperchats.com. Um, of course they don't take as big of a cut as youtube that's our streamlab solution and the cool thing about those is you can send them at any time just if you're sending them outside of show hours make sure you're identifying what show those are for uh but again um, Streamlabs is where uh, that hosts our Humper Chat. So, again, humperchats.com. Again, those help support what we do. Anything you want to say to get your words here on the show, we're going to read those uh, as the show goes on. But again, like I said, fightfulselect.com, there's a lot of reports coming out. Um, I had uh, a little bit of a report this week on MJF's promo. um Sean had noted in this week's Fightful Select update that. Uh, I had gotten a little bit of wind before things that happened, actually, um, that he was not at Dynamite. But uh, I was told before the show that he had an excellent, excellent promo that was going to air, that he did it in one take. And uh, when it runs, everybody's going to be talking about it. And sure enough, um, that it was, delivered. Yeah, it did deliver, uh, so I was really happy to see that, um, and what, what other details came out of the show? Of course, the big story out of the show, which we thought it was going to be the big story last week, but then there was uh, some scheduling things that happened, and we instead learned that Soraya is clear to wrestle as of literally, I guess, uh 10 days ago literally 10 days ago was when of course it's the 10th why wasn't i uh thinking that but she revealed on the sessions with renee paquette that she was officially 100 percent cleared good to go on halloween and being cleared on halloween uh she was told she needs to start by wrestling about once a month i don't know if this this is an exciting time is it not noah
3: Yeah, I get. I So I am not the most familiar with Soraya's work uh, because and I've I've told you this, but I did not grow up with professional wrestling. I like started becoming a fan in like 2012 through like 2014. Then I fell off uh, for, you know, over like six years or something until AEW hit TV. And then I got like really into it (laughs) back into it in a heavy way. Uh, And started like podcasting about it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but between that time is when Soraya really, you know, that was like the peak of her career. Mm -hmm. So I have uh, like uh, the most that I knew about her was that she used to wrestle, was very good, and then got injured in a big way, and mostly did like talk show stuff at WWE. So I am not the most familiar with uh, her wrestling. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see that uh finally on TV.
2: Um, yeah, it, it's, I mean, I'm curious as to what exactly she's going to do. Um, yeah, and and how much of it we're going to see. I mean, she's in the ring. She's she's gonna be having a match that's confirmed now, and we'll talk about the segment in just a little bit, but. Yeah, there's a lot of people who didn't get to see what she brought to the table. And a big part of it is because her run was kind of short. She, of course, debuted on the main roster. Now, specifically talking main roster. Obviously, NXT had its, its niche following online. Um, but a lot of people didn't get to see what she did there. Uh, and as far as the the big stage was concerned, she debuted on Raw 2014. And then she was out of action uh in 20 at the like she was there for that uh for most of 2014 and then she was a part of when the women's evolution started in 2015 when um becky was called up sasha was called up um and uh charlotte was called up and then of course 2016 rolled around she was off tv for a long time and uh between having an injury and uh And then on top of that, there were some other issues as related to her relationship and and drug issues and things along those lines, stuff that she touched on uh, last night. Yeah. And then she returned in 20, uh, what year was that? Was that 2017 where she returned with uh, Absolution? Um, And then, uh, and she was a part of a faction with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. And then she got injured and that was the permanent injury that was where it all uh basically stopped for her and then in 2018 she became the general manager of smackdown but so like there's very little actual in-ring stuff here like the stuff people really saw from her was really that year that 2015 or 2014 2015 year but beyond that she never really got to do much because it just felt like it stopped um and so See so people that,
3: generally see that her stuff that she did in that very short amount of time as being very good, right?
2: Yeah. Um. I, well, especially like the feud with with AJ Lee is one that people really look at uh, that she had in 2014. Uh, okay. Um. Because she, of course, you know, the thing that Paige as a character was famous for was that she came in, she won the Divas title on her first night on Raw. Um. It was an open challenge that AJ Lee had opened had opened up. Page's music hits, they're like, Oh, that's Paige from NXT. And she comes in and immediately defeats AJ Lee for the women's title or for the Divas title. And then she kind of struggled to get over after that. And so they did the smart thing, which was AJ Lee left TV to go get married and take some time off. And while she was gone, with Paige struggling to get over and really getting some some crummy reactions. They decided, hey, what if we they did a reverse of the angle. Paige was the smack that or was the Divas champion. She does a call out of, you know, open challenge. AJ Lee returns from her time off and comes in and beats Paige immediately. And Oh, weird. <laughs> and so that was the uh, and that was the double turn. That was AJ returns. She's a baby face now. And then Paige ends up angry about what just happened. And Paige turns heel. And so that was. Um, and I say all that to say that based on the th- way things went last night, if they decide, I can see AEW deciding probably quickly that Paige may be better served as a heel um, if things don't go strongly. Because uh, I say it all the time. The thing that AEW fans really like to stick to is their homers. And I feel like uh, that Newark crowd is probably going to cheer Britt. And I think that may not go in Soraya's favor, but that's okay. She's been in that situation before. And turning her has worked out for her. She's been a pretty strong heel. Uh, So...
3: And also just the things that she's been saying in her promos, whether intentional or not, have kind of seemed like it could go either way. Like that she, she's being aggressive towards AEW in a way that seems like it could be heelish, but she's also like, you know, rallying up the crowd and, you know, playing for sympathy and being a babyface too. So it could really go either way.
2: Agreed. Um, I want to read a super chat. Um, And by super chat, I mean Humper So I want to give definite credit to where this was actually donated. This one came from uh, Dana. This one says, give me a second. I'm actually trying to pull it up. There we go. Dana says, uh, for Dad, huge fan of the show. Dad is my favorite post-Dynamite review show. Thank you. Um, I very much appreciate that uh says do you think we're getting a Brian Cage versus Ethan Page tournament final um Mm -hmm. after the angle with Lance Archer I wonder if that that was a write-off for Starks I don't know if (laughs) it was a write-off for Starks uh or if it was trying to stretch the tournament out to fill next week's Dynamite and Rampage because they're both live next week and I think that i really hope so (laughs) i
3: i i really hope that this is like an obstacle that starks has to overcome yeah because i'm wondering instead of him being written off
2: i'm wondering if they realized that the starks match needed to be moved to dynamite next week and then you do the 2 semifinals uh on next week's rampage and then we're done um basically at that point uh and and then the final of course i think it was that's my gut feeling is that they just realized things needed to be moved to fill up next week's dynamite. And then you have two matches on rampage next week yeah, because they're both live and you've got to sell those rampage tickets uh, because again, right. I, I think it's a mistake not filling up those rampage cards the way that, because the last few weeks of rampage have been live and it's been a uh, kind of a pain to watch like what they did at daily's place where it was live in front of a crowd that hadn't had dynamite or AEW in a while. Uh, since before Revolution, so there was a lot they could have done, and they kind of got a little bit of a home cart, right? Yeah.
3: So I mean, last week, like last week was what the main event was: Gates of Agony and Warjo. Yes, and like that's that's a fine match, but like not really like main event. Like, well, the, the funny thing is, fun?
2: uh, Rampage is kind of a backwards show, right? Where Rampage really pushes its biggest match first because that's mm. likely when they're going to get the most viewership because rampage makes runs sense. so late and so rampage the rampage main event is never like uh something to completely write off but i think since the first episode of rampage the very first rampage was the uh the opening match was kenny versus christian right like that that was the big one match. of my favorite
3: AEW matches,
2: <laughs> right? That was the bigger match to run. And then the main event of that show was red velvet versus Britt Baker. And like it gave Britt Baker her due to say that she's in the main event, but ultimately we knew the biggest match they could put on was the one they opened the show with. And I think that that's just how rampage is structured. Like this past week, I mean, Shibata versus orange Cassidy was the match. That's the match everybody came for. Mike Tyson was commentating like, Rampage main events aren't necessarily main events. It's like we know what's happening here, or at least we should. Um, we got another one, Mac from Brooklyn. He says, "Well, Washington and Pro Wrestling Noah, RBR, past and present. That's what's up." Thank you, Mac. Yeah. Always appreciate you. Um, and whew, okay, we got another one. This one is from Don't Mind Me. I'm at work. I love that username. Thank Perfect. you uh it says uh this is a humper chat he says there have been a lot of rumblings about warner getting more aew media assuming this means we're finally getting an roh show what form would you like it to come back as one hour live tv on say thursday second hour to rampage streaming on hbo max what would you like to see what would i like to see I don't know. I think everybody should be taking more advantage of the streaming platforms out there. I think that um, HBO Max has such a strong base uh, that if you have a relationship with Warner Brothers Discovery, it makes no sense to not take advantage of that. And that is, I feel like HBO Max has a really dedicated, um, intentional base, if that makes sense. Peacock's base is strong, right? Peacock has a strong base, but a lot of Peacock's subscriber base is really based on um, the fact that they give a lot of it away for free to Xfinity subscribers. Yeah, I'm an Xfinity subscriber, I get Peacock, right? It's like, it, it makes it that easy for a lot of people.
3: Um, And the fact that it is like free to watch with ads, like you still get ads with the $5 tier, but that gives you access to other, you know, like exclusive shows. mm -hmm. But it is still something that you can view without really putting money into it.
2: Yeah. I feel like, because I I feel like Peacock and Amazon Prime to me are the two most unintentional (laughs) subscription based services where like people have it, but they usually have it tied to something else. Yeah. Um I feel like the two biggest intentional subscription services are Netflix and HBO Max. You know when you sign up for HBO Max what you're getting and you're going oh I guess Disney Plus. Disney Plus I would say is very oh, intentional yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. Um but HBO Max is a very intentional service. You know people who have HBO Max and they know what they want out of it. They're going for their Game of Thrones, or in this case now, House of the Dragon, they're going for the content that they want out of HBO Max. And so being a very intentional streaming service, I feel that that's something that should really be taken advantage of by whoever has a relationship with it. Um, Because it's something that people use because they have it. Um, So that's kind of where I would like to see Ring of Honor end up. As far as night of the week, I don't know. Throw it on Tuesdays just to fuck with. <laughs> but, yeah, that's kind of what. They'll, there's they'll so much the out there. Why not?
3: Yeah, <laughs> but, there's so much wrestling happening during any given week now that yeah, it's who do you counter program? Yeah, it's and, and I I feel like it's either NXT or it's Impact. Like, yeah. who? Which one of those? Um,
2: but I mean, like I said, I've been hearing rumblings for a while as far as where it's going to end up and um, what it's exactly going to be. I think we'll probably hear a lot about it at the next pay per view, which is only a month from today. So um, I think that's when that announcement comes. We're also supposed to hear some big announcements, uh, as AEW just confirmed, about Fight Forever, uh, that they're going to be making announcements at full gear as far as um, my gut feeling is that's when we get the release date. I think that uh, they said that that's going to be the next big drop as far as the game is concerned. Um, we'll it got probably... pushed the next year, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, so that's at least as far as any of the pre-order stuff is concerned we could see what the game is going to end up I I think we'll get a substantial and significant significant update now, especially that Kenny Omega is back in the fold. We'll start hearing a lot more stuff about it. But yeah, Full Gear is where they've confirmed they're going to do some announcements as far as the game is concerned. Um, I hope we get to see a little more gameplay. I know that that build that they ran at Gamescom and um, Tokyo Game Show, that build was apparently two months old when they ran it then and like Uh, evil uno had hinted at that when he did that gameplay demo evil uno was like the game is much further along than what we're showing you right now that that was an old build and already it's a it's a lot further along than just that so um we'll see there was of course a rumor that came out of WrestleZone um that dropped about the game being in game pass and then um the that was squashed Official. like within yeah. 24 hours. Within 24 hours, AEW Game said that they don't in, uh, have any intentions at this time of dropping it on any subscription services. So uh, that dream died very quickly, I guess. Uh, so either way, I think the the next two pay per views as we get through um, full gear and then. Uh, final battle, we'll start to get a lot more information about where things are headed. But yeah, I, I continually... I've had conversations with a friend who is in a really great position to know certain stuff at Warner Media. I have conversations with him on the regular. Um, and they it, are really confident in uh, AEW's future. Even as um, a lot of the fan base right now feels not so energized about things. Feels a little... Uh, I don't know, just like okay about stuff, uh, at yeah.
3: best. And, and that, that, I feel like that kind of makes sense given that Discovery is kind of the head of the whole HBO, you know, mm-hmm. situation right now. And I feel like they very much value live or j- like less post produced content. Uh, So I feel like something like professional wrestling does kind of fit in their wheelhouse for something like that.
2: I think more so, and this is kind of what I've been saying since the merger happened, was that I kind of knew that Discovery or Warner Brothers Discovery was going to be more than anything interested in slashing the budget. We knew that. We knew that they were going to kill a lot of their productions. The thing is, AEW is not their production. AEW is a show they license. And so they're not on the hook for anything there, right? So if anything, it's like, how can we get more content that we're not on the hook for? How can we get more content that we don't have to pay staff for that? Literally we just have the content it's ours, but we're not on the hook for the production license, right? And so AEW is licensed content. And that's something that like, ultimately they don't want to have no content. They just want to have content that they don't have to completely foot the bill for. And I think that uh, AEW fits in that wheelhouse for them just fine. And I think that's why the story is coming out that they they want more AEW content. It's because, look, this is all content that somebody else is paying the staff for, that somebody else is paying the contracts for. And literally, all we have to do is pay for the content itself and run it. And uh, that is an ideal situation because that's the situation Fox is in with SmackDown. They don't have to pay for shit for SmackDown yeah. except for SmackDown. They don't have to pay those wrestlers. They don't have to pay none of that stuff. Just pay for the show and run it. And that's it. And it's cheap, too. SmackDown is cheap. Raw is cheap. That's why wrestling is going to keep getting these types of deals because that yeah. stuff is cheap. As long as you haven't already proven yourself to be a uh, not-so-great commodity like an Impact. Um,
3: right. Right. And also just knowing the kind of content that Discovery likes, I could also see them making some more shows like Roads to the Top or any other kind of, you know, reality TV show starring professional wrestlers kind of thing.
2: I'm pretty sure yesterday was when they started taping the Roads to the Top replacement show Um, that the... uh, (laughs) Uh, that as far as I I know, they, at least Talent was told that on the, and maybe it's next week's show, maybe I'm wrong, but I know it was either this week or next week that Talent was informed that, hey, reality TV cameras are going to be backstage and we're going to start taping these scenarios for our next reality show featuring AEW Talent. So like be aware that you're going to be on camera for a lot of your reactions to things and things like that of course they also have to agree to it um i can't wait to
3: see what jericho and his eight dogs are up to (laughs) (laughs)
2: um and uh, well and the funny thing was that was the thing people liked most about roads to the top right like uh it was
5: this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently
1: Wasn't
2: so much the the at home drama that people were into. The things that anybody who liked Roads to the Top liked was the stuff backstage, you know, the the Brandy having to sit down with Red Velvet and uh Jade Cargill over the um over the getting slapped too hard, stuff like that and um, Cody as far as when he got backstage after being booed and like how did that feel like that stuff was the stuff that was intriguing the stuff at home who fucking cares but uh, that was the stuff that we wanted to see was how you know I, I would love to see how Soraya felt getting backstage after oh, that yeah. promo right like that's stuff that would be really cool um, and I think that if that's essentially what the replacement for Roads to the Top is going to be um, gimme I'll take it. I would love to see a behind-the-scenes type show. Um, and yeah, you know uh, they're talking about in the chat, Tim Gordon brought up. Um, Stark having his injury was heartbreaking. And yeah, um, we got to see that unfold. We got to see them talking and telling Stark's about his injury and what his prognosis was, but how he's going to be kept on TV and part of Team Taz. He just won't get to, to wrestle. Again, there's ways you can make that show entertaining and intriguing. Um, I just think that... Yeah, the at-home stuff just wasn't any good or any fun. So, are you ready to talk about AEW Dynamite? Yeah. Uh, So, show opened with an eight-man tag match. We saw the Guns, the Gun Club, teaming with Swerve in Our Glory. And again, little things to watch for with Swerve in Our Glory. As I've mentioned before, that is a long-term story that has its ending already like squared away it's a long-term story that's gonna keep playing out keep watching that story um and the so of course there's still questions questions you should be asking like again last week keith lee asked the question who is behind the camera
3: we still don't. yeah <laughs> and even on commentary when they did their entrance then they, they didn't catch it on camera but i think. JR mentioned that like Keith went for a fist bump and Swerve or or maybe it was the other way around Swerve went for a fist bump and Keith was like, nah.
2: Yeah. Tony came out and, um, and the, uh, so yeah, Swerve hit the ring or hit the ramp. And then he, as Keith Lee comes out, he puts out his fist for a fist bump and, uh, they're pointing out in the chat something that's actually kind of funny, but, Uh, He goes for the fist bump and Keith Lee ignores him because that was a story building throughout the match. Keith Lee is kind of over swerve over his antics. He didn't even want to tag him in the, in the match, but once they did get on the same page, um, they were effective. So yes, they faced the team of FTR and the AEW world tag team champions, Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, the acclaimed Max Caster, uh, was back in his rap form. Um, It felt like those have been kind of off the last few weeks, but uh, this one was just chock full of pop culture and sports references and a whole bunch of digs at Swerve. And he noted uh, when it says whose house they got to add noise. I took exception to that, of course, as the guy who made the whose house part of Swerve's theme. Can you prove that? I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) All I know is, as uh let's see well where is it do i uh, well, i guess i don't have it with me right now oh yes i do um all i know is and of course not gonna get myself copyright struck but when i play uh swerve's theme it sounds a little bit like this uh, here it goes oh oh shit the volume's not loud, loud enough ready 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 All I know is it's it sounds like this, and that's all. Play from that. So I'm just saying (laughs) that uh, if if there's um, some sweetening to that, Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna say anything else. All Uh I'm gonna say is shut the fuck up, Max Caster. All right, (laughs) worry about your own intro and uh shots fired yeah either way no. Nah, uh, it's it's um I like casters rap this week and I feel like that's the piece that the fans like really want out of the acclaim and I got glad they got to see more of that of course it was noted that they had um they had daddy ass with them but we didn't see daddy ass and then he just rushes the ring and goes straight after swerve That was kind of cool. And then Match basically kicks off, gets started. And this was really a showcase of two different feuds, but really three different stories, right? Because uh, FTR was doing their thing, um, and they've got their beef with the guns, but also FTR still wants those tag team titles. So uh, we got to see a little bit play out in the ring with them and uh, the Acclaimed. And they're on the same page, but at the same time, they want those belts, and they know that when it's time, it's going to be time. So, crowd was into this, though. The show, of course, took place in Boston. Uh, I was asked earlier today that, uh, as far as Boston was concerned, because I guess Tony Khan came out after the show and noted that Boston was the second most run city of AEWs behind Chicago's, and... I was asked how true that was and off the top of my head I went, "Okay, I remember Dynamite in Boston 2019. That was the first or second episode of Dynamite. That was the one where um Private Party beat the Young Bucks. That was definitely in Boston. I remember that. They were in Boston last October, I want to say. Um and then they were in Boston just earlier this year cuz I remember the, yeah. the thing that stands out to me about Boston by the way as a um as an arena specifically the againus arena is that there's like this giant exit section that's like right in the middle of the shot so like there's this like you see all these fans and then you see this like giant black gaping square. hole yeah this gaping hole in the middle of the 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 wide shot and it just always stands out to me, so I always remember that visual. And I remember earlier this year, it was during the Adam Cole and uh, Hangman feud because Hangman had that promo where he kind of put Adam Cole in a box. And so, <laughs> uh, so I would say this is their fourth time in that arena. Correct me if I'm wrong. And that would be one of the cities they've run the most often because the only only other one would be Chicago and obviously Daly's place. So, um, although trivia question for you oh which city all right ready which AEW city has had more pay-per-views and chat no looking this up but I want to see the chat's answers as well is it Jacksonville or Chicago
3: that's hard because I feel like recently they love going to Chicago but I want to say it's jacksonville because of covid because they had to like run pay-per-views there so that's my brain tells me that that's what it is so i'm gonna say jacksonville
2: your brain was on the right track because (laughs) that's actually a trick question they're tied um they've had the exact same amount of pay-per-views and so your logic was sound on both because uh They've done as many pay-per-views in Chicago as they had to do in Jacksonville during the pandemic. That's crazy. Because uh, they did five pay-per-views in Jacksonville, and then they've also done All Out 1, um, All Out uh, in 2021, okay. uh, and there was the Revolution 2020, um, Forbidden Door, and All Out 2022. So uh, both got five. But...
1: <laughs> Uh, I wanted,
2: but you know what? Like I said, your logic was sound on both. I like this opening tag match. I uh, ultimately like everybody in this. I like the story of Keith Lee and Swerve not being on the same page to start, mostly because of Keith Lee not wanting to be on uh, Swerve, not wanting to be with Swerve, and not wanting to do what Swerve yeah. wants to do. But once he realizes that, okay, when we're on the same page, we <laughs> win. Uh, I, I like that. I like them coming together ultimately though the baby faces won. And I did
3: love the spot of all the baby faces having all the heels in the corner doing you know, like punching down on them. Oh, yeah. And then Keith just tosses Max off of him into the <laughs> center of the ring. I thought that was great.
2: Yeah, no that was a fun spot. Um, and then of course, uh, swerves dive into the uh, everybody else. Uh, followed by <laughs> the uh, Dax Harwood suplex great stuff I have fun with this match uh, and the crowd was really into it so this was a great way to start the show um I love when hot tag matches get to start the show if I remember correctly have Swerve and Keith Lee kicked off Dynamite before I don't think so I know they've kicked off Rampage but I cannot recall time that they've yeah, gotten the kick the to kick off the show they've main evented, but as far as getting a kick off so this this was cool um and I felt like this was a, a bit of a first. And then we got backstage and and um, kind of a lot of promo time in the next segment because uh, we had MJF on the Pardon My Take podcast and we talked about that a little bit. But he smoked this shit. Uh, one take. That was it. This was not a, crazy. A, this was not one of those things where. MJF uh you know got to to do a sit down and you know that's not to say that a lot of guys don't do one take promos but the best part about this was this literally came in the middle of doing that podcast they were talking and then he is asked about missing appearances on dynamite and he just goes and he killed this some of the stuff he brought up here this man talked about uh how all of his moments have been overshadowed in AEW thus far. His first pay-per-view match overshadowed by a neck tattoo. Ooh, (laughs) that was good. It was very good. (laughs) Uh, His second major moment. uh, He talked about, you know, he main evented all out 2020 and
3: against Moxley, right?
2: Yeah. Against Moxley, but the Only thing people were talking about on that show was Matt Hardy humpty dumptying himself, like yeah. uh, MJF said. Uh, he talked about his major moment with uh Blood and Guts and how it was supposed to be him aggressively standing on top of the cage with his crowning moment being bloody, and instead, but he's talking about uh Chris Jericho falling onto crash pads and at least. He didn't say the crash pad part because I was afraid. Like, you can't say that. Uh, And like my gut was like, oh, what's he about to say about that? Because that breaks kayfabe. Mm -hmm. And And I I
3: feel like that one might even be just a little bit of a stretch. Like, yes, he's right. But also I feel like one of the most iconic images of that match is Max with it. Like, you know, with the crimson mask standing on top of the uh, of the cage. That's just a a powerful (laughs) image from that match.
2: It was a powerful image, but I agree with the idea that, like, the only thing people were talking about was Jericho's yeah. landing. Um, and then we had the... Uh, he brought up his big return, literally just uh, two months ago. And this being the most egregious example yeah, of him it, being
3: overshadowed.
2: And the fact that it was overshadowed by a press conference. And <laughs> I that's the first time the press conference was actually referenced on television.
3: Oh, is Holy that true? Shit.
2: Wow, that's right. When has that press conference been referenced?
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess like they've like danced around it, but yeah, I guess this is the first time it's actually been referenced as like this is the event we're talking about.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I can't recall a time that's been mentioned on TV. Wow. And Uh, but MJF talked about how this is going to be his moment. Although wouldn't it be wild if some dumb shit happened at full gear as well? Uh, but either way, I thought he was great here. Um, he talked about Moxley having two left feet and not an athletic bone in his body, but he turned that around, right? He was like, with all of Moxley's setbacks, Moxley still became the best in the world. And I love that because he's absolutely fucking right. Um, and although dq irving in the chat good point mj talk mjf talking about being overshadowed but forgets about overshadowing wardlow he's always the hero of his own story and it's great he did yeah uh but no he, he the way he took his digs at moxley but then turned it around and yeah moxley is the best in the world like he he knows and it i MJF is so good at this. He is so good at... And I feel like it's a skill he got better at upon his return. And tell me what you think of this. But I feel like MJF got a whole lot better. And it's almost something I want to see Britt Baker get better at. At playing your role as the heel. Burying your opponent in a way that a heel should. But also lifting up exactly what you're talking about and making the fans see it in a positive light i feel like he got better at that since he's been back and not just at moxley but aew as a whole right like when he did the interviews with uh, ariel hawani you know before um the first time he did the interview everybody's like why is he doing this why is he like talking about going to wwe why is he talking about the bidding war of 2024 But he found a way to get better at that. Where now, like when he brings up the bidding war of 2024, now he spends it in a way where he talks up the AEW product and how the AEW product is as big as it is because of me. It is is what it is because I'm on it. And if they want to keep it that way, AEW has to pony up some money. Like, okay, now, all of a sudden, you're talking up AEW, but you're making people feel like it's because of you. And so, or at least you're you're spinning in a way that's because of you. Because, of course, as Regal did a couple weeks ago, MJF's uh, points all are valid to him, but can easily be deconstructed like a true heel should be. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I, I, I think that all of that is very valid. And it is that he, you know, he very much is the reason why people show up, especially now that kind of a lot of the main characters, let's say, of AEW are not around. Uh, So I feel like the audience is very much latching on to him as like one. Like he is still like when you think of AEW. And who is on TV right now? MJF is kind of the guy, mm-hmm. uh, so I think that yeah, that makes perfect sense. That 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 would be his argument.
2: Except he's not on TV right now, <laughs> and that's that. That's <laughs> well, right now, yeah, that's itself. true. And then right after that, as we brought up, we got the Stokely promo and uh, talked about how he thought he and MJF were friends um, and that we My were God. always going to do things together, uh, but now he's dick riding Moxley. What the fuck? You said <laughs> dick writing on TV? That's amazing! Like, I... two
3: or three times! Yeah! Nuts. I love it. I In an edited video package, like, how... Right. But, I, I guess when you are Stokely Hathaway, <laughs> you, you have the charisma to pull that off.
2: Yes. And I am <laughs> curious to where all of this is heading. I still don't trust Max. Um, and... Yeah. I just don't
3: do you do you think that they're still going to be responsible for like screwing over Moxley and getting Max the championship? Do you think they're they're just kind of playing like, you know, playing up this disagreement, but they're actually still, you know, in cahoots behind the scenes?
2: I think that yeah, I I don't know. I think that. Yes, that's all I I think MJF (laughs) is still ultimately working with them but i don't know (laughs) i don't know how we get there so then we had a the first round of the full gear tournament this full gear tournament looking at the landscape of it didn't get to talk about this last week because the the full landscape was announced on rampage and i don't do a show for rampage although if i did Maybe I should do a show before Rampage. Oh. Yeah. I mean, well, well, think about it. So, like, I do Day After Dynamite, right? D-A-D. What if I did a show that previews Uh, Rampage, and it's called – am I breaking up? Is there a thing here? No. No, I don't. No, I'm good. No. Uh, But what if I did a show that came on right before Rampage, and we call it Right Before Rampage, or RBR, Uh, and it's hosted by me? Oh,
3: my God. (laughs) No perfect branding,
2: yeah. I figure, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just figure doing a show called RBR would make perfect sense, right? Right before Rampage, let's do it. Um, <laughs> and, wow, uh, so <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the 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 tournament was announced. I like the tournament. I like f- the full gear tournament um, because I like how they've kind of made Winter Is Coming the most important like dynamite of the year, and uh, you know the first year of course Kenny Omega won the full gear tournament. Um, the finals of it were uh, Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page. He went on to Winter Is Coming to become AEW World Champion. So mm-hmm. at least we have an established precedent. That not only does this tournament matter, but winter is coming matters. And so, I like that. Right? I also liked that the um, last year, right? You had the tournament. It came down to Miro and uh, Danielson. It was supposed to come down to Moxley and Danielson. And rumor has it that Moxley was supposed to win and turn heel in that process. And uh, instead it ended up uh doing due, due mm. to circumstances that ended up making Moxley an even more sympathetic babyface. Uh it ended up uh with Brian winning the tournament and Brian turning heel and having that really phenomenal couple months of a heel run. But Moxley so this year the the, the interesting about this year is that the whole landscape of it when you looked at it is kind of all new guys, right? It's all uh it's all guys that
3: that haven't ins- held a belt
2: right all of them if inserted into the title picture would refresh the title picture like especially if mjf yeah. is winning the title every single option in this is a fresh option so it, it it makes it really curious where things are headed uh but the opening round match Ethan page versus Eddie Kingston was already a something we looked at as a Ooh, who wins this? Like, on the one end, the fans want Eddie Kingston. They love Eddie yeah. Kingston. On the other side of it, though, Ethan Page has this story kind of brewing.
3: They've uh, been pushing him a lot for yes. the championship.
2: So, that question remains. Uh, it, it remained through this match. Would you... Do you push Ethan Page? Because uh, he hasn't really been getting his um, his... Singles do since he came into the company, but now feels she like the time to tied do it. up
3: with tied up with top team for mm-hmm. like a year.
2: And now here it was, uh, the match was fine. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I didn't hate any parts of it. Um, we had a distraction finish that led to, mm-hmm. um, the ego's edge in avalanche ego's edge, which was
3: scary like <laughs> it looked like it took a little bit to set up and then it, it you know it, it finally happened but you know eddie's eddie's a big dude so it's yeah and, make, and makes eddie, you nervous.
2: eddie is smart in those types of scenarios because the the thing eddie did that i liked here was the way when uh ego wasn't able to get all of uh Eddie's arms locked for it, the way Eddie made it look like a struggle. Like, okay, he doesn't have my yeah. arm, so I'm going to start to kind of fight it a little bit. And, uh, and of course, yeah, Eddie did get, as being pointed out in the chat, Eddie did have a visual tap out. Eddie had it won uh, when Stokely um, distracted the referee. But ultimately, we got to see Ego get the victory this is his first, I felt like this was his first major like singles victory on Dynamite. And, uh, and he's been in the company since February, March, March of uh, 2021. It's been well over a year and a half. And I liked seeing him get this singles victory. I I think what he and obviously he and Scorpio had some big victories and he had, um, they beat Darby in that handicap match, but Again, as far as the singles match is concerned, I don't think he's had a bigger singles victory than this, and I think it made him um, look pretty good. I think he's going to the finals, tbh. Oh,
3: I think he's definitely going to the fight. Like with with the way that they've been pushing him, and yeah, giving him this story of wanting the championship, I mm-hmm. th- feel like this is definitely going to be Ethan Page in the finals, and depending on how things go with starks I, f- I feel like it's it i feel like it's pretty easy to come to the conclusion that the finals is going to be him and starks
2: yes um that's that's my thought i think it's going to be him and starks as well uh we then saw <laughs> yes so this segment was fascinating we saw a uh ari davari Basically oh, just getting slaughtered by Wardlow. Oh, boy. um, But then, in, in the match wasn't very long. I almost think it no. took a little bit longer than it needed to. Uh, and so, after Powerbomb Symphony, all of that, Wardlow, uh, who was accompanied by Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe, in accompanying Wardlow, looked quite invisibly annoyed by Wardlow the whole time. So we knew something was coming. It was just a matter of when. Wardlow Calls out powerhouse Hobbs. He, uh, Hobbs makes his way out and Hobbs says, we're going to do this on my time. And, you know, Wardlow says, uh, he wants to fight Hobbs and, uh, and then he notes that he wants to fight and he's going to retain this TNT championship. He'll put the TNT title on the line because he's going to retain this title and he's going after all the titles and this. Angered Samoa Joe and Samoa Joe clocks uh Wardlow with the title and then chokes him out Coquina clutch. What did you think?
3: I think this is fine. I I have never been a huge fan of the War Joe pairing because I feel like Wardlow picked up so much steam going into his you know his TNT title reign. And then once he got it, it just kind of stalled out. Uh, And pairing him with Joe, I feel like wasn't really doing that any favors. So having him go up against Joe like this, I think will help pick up momentum for his TNT title reign. Or uh, Hobbs just takes off him, because I would also love to see Hobbs have a a turn with the TNT title. But then, you know, it's having... Wardlow fight Joe is still more interesting than what was going on right now.
2: Um, you know, this was hard to kind of read, right? Cause the crowd wasn't happy with this and they were booing, but then I know there's people in AEW. I know a few of them, there are people in AEW who worked under Vince McMahon's production. I wonder, I'm interested in asking Tony, Tony, if you're watching, answer me this. <laughs> um, does tony follow the heel turn rule that vince follows and for those unaware of the rule vince has always had this rule it, ex- it started in i want to say 2001 and i think it was the undertaker that kind of like kicked it off because um it was kind of hard to get the point across but Undertaker had turned heel at the end of one and, and Undertaker was using Roland as a theme. And if I remember correctly, he turns heel and then Roland starts playing. And that was a song that like fans really liked at the time. And so it like almost yeah. didn't hammer in that you're supposed to hate this moment because now here's this song people like. And so Vince had a rule and it's been in place ever since, which is when someone turns heel, you do not play their music. Um, And that a heel turn is supposed to soak in silence it's supposed to soak in the music it's supposed to soak in uh what what is that oh nothing anyway um but it's supposed to sorry i'm reading the chat uh but it's supposed to soak in the you're supposed to let the moment soak in everything right but like samojo does this crowds booing and then joe's music plays does tony khan follow that rule because again it's it's, a, it's I get it it's uh promotion-specific it could be, right? Um, Or was this just to separate Joe from Wardlow, which I think more likely it is because my gut feeling tells me that Joe is uh, challenging Jericho for the Ring of Honor title, and I think he needs to be um, away from the TV title to do that.
3: I th- that makes sense.
2: I think they could in theory put both titles on the line. If I were booking this you ready for it? I would put the TNT ROH television championship on the line. And then in doing so I would have Hobbs win both. And yes. win the triple threat match. Yes. And, <laughs> and therefore you then have Wardlow, away from the TNT title, you can kind of go with uh, a stronger heel run. And that I feel like that's the thing the TNT title has lacked is a really strong heel run since Miro. Miro was really the last to me. I
3: I was thinking about this the other day, that Miro, I feel like, is truly the best TNT champion that we've had. I would maybe put Darby up there, uh, but Miro is the champion I was most entertained by yes. just all of the God's favorite champion stuff would just was, was so up my alley I, and I loved all of that.
2: I did too. I think, um, it was really starting to get its legs under it when they took it off of him. Um, and yeah, I think Darby has probably had the best baby face run to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see them get back to having, and yeah, th- I get it, Caden Yeah, Uh, Cody had a strong run to get it started. I think oh, yeah. Cody established
3: the belt easily. He established Um, it as the open open championship uh, belt, which or the open challenge belt, which has has made that it it has helped differentiate the TNT title from the world title in a good way. I think.
2: Yeah, I just I'm ready to see a heel try again with it. I feel like the Scorpio Sky run didn't work as much as I wanted it to. As much as I love Scorpio Sky, I feel like we weren't seeing it out of him, and I. I'm just ready to see a strong heel with that belt. I want to see it be Hobbs. And I think a good way to run with that would be to have him win both, put both belts on the line, triple threat match, TNT, and the television championship. And then, yeah, I think you can move Joe on to, to Jericho. I think ultimately as much as Jericho keeps going after these former ring of honor champions, that's the one that needs to ultimately, I don't know if it's the ultimate one, but I know that that's one that we can't keep avoiding.
3: And I guess that also begs the question: if Hobbs is the TNT champion, what if Starks wins the world title? What does that look won. like? I don't
2: know if he wins the world title, but I think <laughs> at the very, I think he wins the tournament. I don't know that he wins the world title though. But either way, that's what I would like to see: is is a is a merger situation, and maybe not a merger, but at least. Um, I would love to see Hobbs holding both belts. I think that would be really yeah, cool, actually. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. We then had. Oh, of course. The moment that everybody's talking about. Tony Schiavone is in the ring. He brings out Britt Baker. And in some
3: cool baggy pants. Yeah. She was, yeah Britt, Britt, Britt Baker, Baker was looking was, cool last Britt night. Britt
2: Baker looking. <laughs> Like a '90s skater was, uh or I guess it was <laughs> yeah. like late '90s, early 2000s ish. Um, what the hell? I was not expecting a great, that. Fit. <laughs> great fit. Great uh, fit. Britt Baker took on, so she didn't take on anybody, but she is in the ring for a face to face with Soraya. I want to point out one really funny moment here, in case anybody wasn't paying attention. So Tony Schiavone clearly had an earpiece in, right? So Tony Schiavone hands the mic off to Soraya and then goes to exit the ring. But like is clearly in the shot. And then you can see him like pause because I think somebody told him in his earpiece, hey, you're like kind of bending over in the camera. Don't do that. Like stop for a sec. And then he just like gets out of the ring. Uh, But he's very clearly in the shot doing so. Um, I don't know. I thought that was funny. Oops. But either way, Soraya makes her big announcement. She says that, unfortunately, for Brit, she's 100% clear. I have to tell you. Regardless of how you may feel about Soraya, and I get it, I keep seeing people on the Internet who, again, I feel like my issue here is that we kind of pick and choose whose personal stuff we want to throw in with um, pro wrestling. And that's why I, as far as I'm concerned, I just avoid all of it because at the end of the day, I'm solely talking about the show that I watch. Um, Because there's a lot of people whose stuff is conveniently ignored. And uh I'm here to review the show that's put on in front of me. Right. So, but I've seen it. I've seen it all. I've seen all the reactions to Soraya. Um, that said, I'm just going to straight up say it. When she said she was 100% clear and you could see that emotion in her face, I actually welled up a little bit. I actually felt that. I actually felt like uh, that was a cool moment for her to get to to do that that anybody whose career didn't get to end on their terms, especially in their 20s, um, that sucks. And you always want to see that person get a second chance. And she got it. And that was a really cool moment. And she announced that she is clear. I There is nothing about this that I felt poorly about to start. Yeah.
3: And I hope things work out well for her. Because, I mean, I feel like, People were saying similar things around the time that Brian Daniels said, and said that he was going to wrestle again. Like people, you know, like oh, people I thought balled. he was never going to wrestle again. And I was it at turns work. Turns out he when, did.
2: I was at work when that news broke about Brian returning to the ring. I and do you know how hard it is to explain to coworkers at an office building that are like, "Well, will what's wrong?" And I'm like, "My favorite wrestler is yeah. wrestling again," and they're like, "I'm sorry, what?" I'm like, so like, they're not hurt. And I'm like, they're not dead. Like, no, they're wrestling. And it's great. It's a miracle. You don't understand. And you'll never understand. Get away from my cubicle. Um, But, way, so, um, no, nah, I, I, I did. And, and like I said, like, just to see, again, I am a guy who's, as far as wrestling is concerned, never say never. And I think, the last couple of years have really proven that "never say never" is—it's uh, very true in pro wrestling. Somebody's told they're never gonna wrestle again until they're in the friggin' grave. I don't buy it. I don't yeah, buy I mean, that we've seen the last Undertaker match. I don't. <laughs> I, I just don't. I don't. I mean, buy... especially
3: with all the stuff we've seen in the past like two years. There's been so many like, well, that never thought that would happen moments.
2: The fact that Ric Flair literally promoted a pay-per-view as his last match and now is like, uh, well, I mean, I could do that again.
3: Meanwhile, everyone is like, please don't. Don't, Yeah, (laughs) please. No, I don't
2: believe until somebody is dead that they've had their last match. And even still, I don't even buy that. At some point, we're just gonna be like, "Hey, we figured out resurrection here. Let's get that. Oh my! Let's get those Eddie Guerrero dream matches out of the way." Um, But so I'm just I'm really happy to see Soraya doing to getting to do this and getting another chance at it. Uh, And so no, it was it was cool. It was a cool moment. Britt gets the mic, and again, I like Britt Baker on the microphone um my biggest thing with brit my biggest complaint with brit over the years has been that she gets to knock a lot of people down because she's she's very good at throwing those verbal daggers um but a lot of people don't get much over back on her and she doesn't necessarily leave a whole lot of openings for people to get back at her you know she got to give the Soraya Saraya, people don't even know your name, and the only opening Saraya got back on that was, well, Britt runs with shit. And it's like, okay, that sucked. That's uh, unfortunate. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, MJF is good at that. MJF is very good at leaving enough openings for somebody to get back at him. And that that's what made that Regal segment so good, right? That like MJF, we thought he eviscerated Regal, and all it took was a minute for regal to remind us that like dude you let an email get you that riled up yeah and it was like damn didn't see that coming that was actually really good <laughs> and so yeah you know brit talked about this being her house and you know you say it's your house but i built this place brick by brick and um and you came to my place so like i didn't hate any of what was said but I get why people aren't a big fan of like I think people liked Brit stuff and the fans like Brit stuff like they started chanting DMD they were into that Soraya Soraya's comeback was interesting because is younger than Brit <laughs> and uh, and so but Soraya is much more experienced and I wish somebody would bring yeah. up, um, that up that Soraya has been wrestling her whole life I saw a lot of people take it as um, kind of the same way where Punk had insulted Hangman saying, you haven't done anything in this business. And it was like, well, he's been a former world champion. What are you talking about? Um, Unless you're equating to being in the business as simply being in WWE, in which case, that's a very bad thing to say on an AEW program. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of people took what Soraya was saying as that, but I feel like Soraya in... She talked a, more about, I mean, not so much about just her WWE experience. She was talking about how she was born in the business, how much she, um, how much she had to fight to get noticed long before she was ever signed to WWE. I think that's more of what she was talking about and a lot less, uh, cause she mentioned that, you know, Britt Baker was handpicked by Tony Khan. There's like no disputing that Britt has kind of run with that for a little bit. She was on posters long before she ever got over Uh, that's not uh, a thing that especially a heel should run away from. If anything, it's like, yeah, I was the first woman signed to this company. I was Tony Khan's biggest female investment in this company. And yes, I am somebody that uh, this company is built around. Suck it. Uh, But as far as Soraya was concerned, a lot of people gave her shit because she mentioned the Tokyo Dome. People were like, "Uh, you were never in the Tokyo Dome. What are you talking about? And
1: she tweeted that.
2: She tweeted out this morning that she knew it was wrong at the time, but, Ooh, uh, no. but that you couldn't just like correct it. Uh, yeah, you couldn't circle promo, back at that yeah, point. Yeah, you can't circle yeah. back. She said that she realized in the promo, she's like, oh, why did I say that? Because um, what she meant was uh, and remind me, where what location, what was the venue? Um, it's where Beast in the East took place. It was WWE's WWE Network special that aired in 2015. Chat, you're going to have to remind me. I remember that that had the Brock Lesnar versus Kofi match part one, which was a squash, and somehow Kofi still got more offense in that than his world title match. But uh, that was the... Thank you. The uh, the Budokan hall, the sumo hall, as the chat is reminding me. Thank you. That's what she meant. And... uh, she um either way she mentioned that she she knew she got that wrong and but there was no correcting that imagine mid-promo somebody like halfway through like on a podcast going yeah and then oh actually 30 seconds ago when i said the tokyo dome i totally meant sumo hall my bad uh and
3: yeah it's kind of hard to to double back on that once you've already committed like you could you could maybe you have like a second or two to correct that but if it, if it's already done, it's done just yeah. don't don't even try
2: um and by the way, uh if I remember correctly, that was where Finn Balor beat Kevin Owens for the nXt title I know there was a title change on that show so yeah, Either know. way. <laughs> Either way she <laughs> admitted that she knew the mistake. Uh other than that, I didn't hate any of this. I actually thought that um I liked Brit's line of we don't take walk-ins, so bitch make an appointment. I actually did really like that.
3: That was really good. That that very in character, very very thematically correct.
2: <laughs> uh and as far as Soraya was concerned it felt like Soraya was losing a lot of the crowd and I think it's part of it is because aew fans are very loyal to their product and I think that Brit everything Brit was saying was resonating with them as far as oh look another outsider coming to take my spot
3: that crowd um, also just seemed a little weird all night they were just kind of they, they they seemed a little down on like when the show was trying to pick up. They seemed like they they weren't reacting as big as they could have for some stuff.
2: I could I see that. it was just it was just
3: a little weird all night.
2: Uh, we did see, um, like either way, it was announced. Britt Baker is going to take on Soraya. It's so funny how, like a couple weeks ago, people were like, you know, full gear card really isn't seeming like things are coming together for it, and now it's looking like there's going to be a 11 matches on the card by the time the show rolls around oh shit That's so many matches all out had oh they're saying i've gone robot like uh yeah okay well noah
3: <laughs> you're gonna have to sit here by yourself while i refresh
5: cool
3: well, great how's it going oh i am how's that work all right oh you get to see more of my setup here yeah um, Somebody
2: asked me recently (laughs) why that doesn't happen on Grapsity or any of the other shows I do. I will tell you why, folks. So, uh, apparently, the protocols in which our our streaming solution works um, works differently on three-way chats than it does one-on-ones. And so... Uh, something screws up in the one-on-one scenario that doesn't screw up on multi-person. It's very interesting,
3: huh? Maybe it all, maybe part of well, I, no, you podcast around the same time of the day, right? On both Saturday and
2: and on Sundays. I'd uh, like the yeah. thing is on Sundays. I don't know. It's 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 all been very weird for me, and I'm sorry. It's a day after <laughs> Dynamite staple though, being a one-on-one. Show. <laughs> yeah. So continuing on we have the best friends um oh i want to backtrack real quick there was a big announcement made on this show i don't have enough detail on this announcement to speak confidently i guess it's not that i don't have enough detail it's that i don't have enough confirmation so once i have a little more confident confirmation i'll talk about it but at the same time It's AEW's announcement to make. It's a big announcement. If I come across any details, it'll definitely be reported because that's what we do here at Fightful. But AEW did announce officially the UK tour.
3: Oh, okay.
2: That's huge, right? They Hmm. they announced on Dynamite. They did reveal that they're going to be hitting the UK in 2023. Oh, And... Uh, as as far as when we don't know uh and where we definitely don't know but they said they're going to officially reveal all of those details on next week's dynamite
3: i hope they go to pax house that would be great
2: (laughs) (laughs) uh i mean at the end of the day there's there's a lot they can do and um I did talk to one person who um, has some theories on what it's going to be, and it is somebody in AEW. But uh, like I said, that's not confident enough to run. Um, so because I think they're also somewhat speculating. But of course, that's, that's inside speculation. <laughs> so uh, it was basically just the confirmation that next week you're going to get the full-on announcement. I can't help but wonder exactly what it's all going to be and when and where. Um, and then Tony told the crowd last night that they're apparently going to get a pay-per-view. That running oh, Boston, in the UK? No, Boston. He was specifically oh, in Bo- Boston. Okay. He told the Boston crowd that they're getting a pay-per-view. As far as UK is concerned, I don't know what they end up doing. Um, I hope yeah. it's a pay-per-view. That'd be cool. Uh, my guess is that it's just going to be like Dynamite Rampage. Probably. But we shall see what it ends up being. But yeah, he did tell that Boston crowd that, hey, we've run this crowd enough times. Probably time to give you guys like a pay-per-view or something.
3: Yeah, no, that totally that totally checks out with the how, how often they return there. Like, hey, we should probably do something big
2: here. <laughs> yes. So uh, lots of show news as far as that's mm-hmm. concerned. Um, but yeah, I don't have a whole lot more detail on where it's going to be and when, but AEW is going to announce that very, very soon here.
3: I feel like Dallas is kind of getting up there too. Cause I feel like every time they come to Texas, they're always like around the Dallas area and I'm posted up around Houston. And I'm like, well, They've only been here twice, but they've been to the Dallas area like I want to say they've hit more Dallas. Times than that.
2: Dallas, they've hit what, three times? And then the fourth is going to be this upcoming show. I guess if you count Ring of Honor, so. they've hit Dallas. Uh, this will be the fifth coming up, right? Because they've done. I think so. They did that infamous show with the Phantom Punches. Uh, that was Dallas, the <laughs> one that everybody thought was going to be the end of the company uh, at the end of 2019. And then they returned to Dallas for winners coming last year. Uh, and then they were there this year for Super Card of Honor, but that was already booked, so I don't even necessarily count that as an AEW show. It was more like a okay, AEW production has taken over this show, yes. And I will say, yeah. it was all AEW crew there, um, like uh, from cameramen to production, like everybody yeah. saw at that Ring of Honor show, it was all AEW people, uh, so you could almost say it was a Ring of Honor show, um, and or it was an AEW show. And then what? They were there for that Battle of the Belts earlier this year. Uh, and now they've got winners coming, coming up. So I guess technically Tony has run five shows there. Or will have run five shows there at the end of this year. Um, but so it's been just as much as, as Boston. Yeah. But you could also say that they kind of gave Dallas a pay-per-view in that Super Card of Honor show. And... Uh, well, Arlington's getting the Ring of Honor show coming up here soon. Best friends. What the hell was this segment? It's so know,
4: weird. It
2: was so weird.
3: And like, oh, you're a robot again. Started, am I really? Yeah. <sighs> okay. okay. Uh, Noah, take over for five seconds. Okay, I. here we go. Uh, yes, that's, that's uh, Fr- Freddie Garfield over there. I also have my Freddie Glove uh cat tree back here sometimes cat hangs out he's actually on the tortoise terrarium over there right now well now uh, nobody can back.
2: see your tortoise terrarium you have a tortoise <laughs> terrarium wait let's I talk do. about it wait 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 wait. all right we gotta talk about the tortoise terrarium for a sec
3: <laughs> yeah so we have a tortoise uh he's about i think he's almost three years old now his name is Tortimus prime um Tortimus prime yeah, he hangs out he's in the log right now yeah that rules Yeah, my wife we used to have rats. We're we're currently ratless. Uh but we live in a one bedroom apartment and my wife has a a large heart for animals. <laughs> so we have, we have two cats as well. Um, we're kind of almost running a zoo out of here at the moment, but and there's there's more pets on the list that we'll I mean, be adding in I, the future. I, I, I get it. My wife
2: is also a big animal person. We have two cats. I did have two dogs at one point. Um, they just weren't right for our home, and we did rehome them last year. Um, but I do have two cats that make cameos in the background. We also have a snake. We also have a. Oh, snake. A, yeah. I mean, well, the thing is, and then there's also uh, my daughter has a beta fish that the cats nearly murdered uh, uh, on her. My daughter's last trip to, she went to a birthday party it was a slumber party and she left the door open and the cats Um, basically it is one of those things where the we tell my daughter frequently close your door when you leave the cats want to eat that fish yep, So you're uh, a robot again by the way <laughs> I don't understand at all guys, this is a real problem an actual problem that I'm getting pissed off about. Bear with it.
3: 2 seconds. We got this. We can see more of my room. Uh there's a Sonic print over there for all the Sonic Frontiers freaks out there and I say that with much love. Okay, I too, I, I aspire I, to be a freak.
2: I guess at this stage folks, I think this is the universe trying to tell me <laughs> All right, speed up and hurry up and get through this show. <laughs> so, we're going to finish up here. Uh, Let's do it. Either way, weird best friend segment. It's fucking weird.
3: Um, weird cut. Weird that they just went right from being backstage to, and they're entering the ring right now. Yes.
2: It, it was a weird cut. I thought that the challenge that was set up between um, Orange Cassidy taking on Lee Johnson this Friday which is something I'm looking forward to, but I also think Lee Johnson shouldn't be in a position to be losing just yet, was just a little bit odd. because he just turned.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, And I don't know. This is just a weird, weird segment, a weird cut. Uh, Trent versus Jay Lethal saw Trent attacked by Jay Lethal. I wasn't really into this Eh. much at all.
3: Yeah. Just all, all the Jay Lethal stuff, I am not... Ever that excited about, but that faction I assume does like huge numbers in India, right? Because Satnam Singh is like one of their top celebrities over there, right?
2: I know his debut did, and like times where he's beaten people down have done big numbers. I don't know that this faction does. Uh, and either way, Jay Lethal won with a, a lethal injection. This then brought out Jeff Jarrett. I thought, credit where it's due for Jarrett here. I thought Jeff Jarrett did a better job selling the, the faction than the faction has had done for themselves in forever.
3: It's his faction now, right? Like yes. I feel like there's no other way to go about this. Than just This is Jeff Jarrett's faction now.
2: I thought... The way he put over Jay Lethal and Jay Lethal's significance, probably a better job than anybody's done for Jay Lethal since he debuted in AEW last year. Putting over Sanjay Dutt, again, better job than anybody's done putting over Sanjay Dutt in forever. He puts over Satnam Singh and um, talks up uh, and takes some shots at Braun Strowman. Didn't see that coming at all. Uh, I scary. forgot that Braun Strowman. See, I didn't see uh, Crown Jewel, so I didn't realize that the red pants he was talking about were Crown. Were uh, I like I had a hunch he was talking about Braun because, of course, Braun was a, a dick on Twitter. Um, He's easy to make fun. Of. Yeah, I just I forgot. I didn't even know he wore red, um, red skinny jeans. And so when somebody, so until I saw the picture. I'm like, is that just a thing Braun does for fun? And then people were posing the picture from Crown Jewel. And I'm like, oh, that's a thing he actually wore. <laughs> the part where this fell apart was when the stage manager starts to tell Jeff Jarrett to wrap it up. And I thought Jeff was going to, like, smash a guitar over his head or something.
1: But it he, like, like doesn't. Yeah.
2: yeah, he looked like he was about to. And then the guy just, like, runs off. And I'm like, was that, like, an actual stagehand? Yeah, and then <laughs> they start
3: playing the music. I don't know, because they framed him so well right i assume it was part of the show
2: i know and i i think it was but just a matter of what was that supposed to be that whole thing just like fell apart i hated this after uh from the moment they did the stagehand thing i don't know i didn't like it that
3: was very strange so how do you feel i know some people are saying this jokingly but how do you feel about this potentially being a tna invasion type faction
2: It better be over at full gear. That's it. (laughs) Like, like I'm hoping this is just a, hey, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal teaming up against Flair and Andrade did well. So let's have Sting and Darby do the same thing. But like, I don't want this to go any further.
3: Yeah. So as someone who was not watching professional wrestling around the time that Jeff Jarrett was relevant, you know, at his most relevant, uh I am I am being entertained by this like the most I know about Jeff okay. Jarrett is that uh I know what a slap nuts is that's like the most I know about Jeff Jarrett. do you because I, <laughs> let me tell you
2: let me tell you no Stuart I've been watching professional wrestling for 30 something years been watching it my entire life uh-huh I watched Jeff Jarrett in WCW watch that entire run I don't know what a slap nuts is. <laughs> and he would say it every week on television what is a slap nuts he would always choke on that slap nuts and sometimes he would even shorten it sometimes he'd say choke on that slappy and i'm like what is slappy what does that even mean jeff jarrett to me was the thing to say it was he was the least cool heel of all time i think that like he was easy to hate but there was nothing remotely cool about this guy.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I could see that. Um, my world is cool though. It's a good, <laughs> it's a good song to play. <laughs> now,
2: let me also say, my world is one of those like nostalgic things that I hear now and I'm like, oh, that takes me back. But at yeah. the time, there was not a sound i hated more when that opening screech would happen at any point in an episode of impact it was like oh my god i i need to go do literally anything else because and maybe it was because i associated it with jeff jarrett and jeff jarrett was um his tna run was basically him trying to prove his own legacy and that's not to say he may not may or may not have deserved it, but it was hard to watch at the time because Jeff Jarrett never had a main event run in WWE, and he only got the main event run in WCW once all the stars were gone, and so it never really felt like he was a he was the guy there. It never really felt like he was the guy in any in any part of the industry. And then when he launches TNA and it becomes this kind of celebrate jeff jarrett kind of promotion uh it really f- like it would be like if when aew launched remember everybody was suspecting that's what cody was going to do and he never did it
3: right right everybody yeah, was he suspect- kind of went out of his way to not have that happen
2: <laughs> yeah exactly everybody was suspecting cody was gonna jeff jarrett his the aew they was like okay cody's starting a promotion here he's gonna make himself world champion and he's gonna dominate the show pretty much till he's forced out after uh i don't know somebody steals brandy or something but um <laughs> the and that didn't happen it didn't happen at all and it turned out that Jeff Jarrett may be the exception and not the rule for that but either way Jeff Jarrett uh and the thing is i think i think he can end up being a really good thing for the business in terms of um, peacemaking. He has a, historically been a really good peacemaker, just simply based on the fact that he knows... So many people have connections to Jeff Jarrett and he has saved a lot of people in pro wrestling over the years. Um, he's given a lot of people their breaks and so a lot of people have some this really... They have this fondness for Jeff Jarrett and I think in that environment he'd be good for that. I also think that he look regardless of uh, cause and effect you can say that Jeff Jarrett when he was in charge of uh, events for WWE live event business went up and aew is about to do you know they we heard last week that they were about to um, venture into some overseas promoting and Jeff Jarrett has a lot of uh, experience with that. And he'd be the guy to have on board when you start running these UK shows. Oh, that makes sense.
3: Yeah. Totally.
2: I just don't know that I want to see him on screen. That's
3: all. <laughs> you just you're just hoping that he has more of a a behind the scenes role than an on TV role going forward. That's
2: it. That's all. I mean, sure, give yeah. him give him his flowers, I guess, if that's what he's here after. Uh we had a John Moxley William Regal promo. Um and oh wait, Graham B asks. He says, "So how do we get to coffin drop through a guitar?"
3: Yes.
2: Uh oh, they should it. do a coffin match, but the coffin is shaped like a guitar. Yes,
3: yes, yes, yes. That's the move. That's the move for sure.
2: Yeah. Oh, that'd be good. Make me Booker. Make uh, that happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. But yeah, we had the Moxley promo um this was where i'll agree with you on the crowd i thought that the crowd was like yeah moxley we love moxley but i felt like they weren't necessarily giving him much as far as reactions to the things he was saying here and i loved everything moxley was saying here uh and again it was it was another one of those promos to keep um hold on i got a message but uh, it was another one of those to remind us that MJF says a lot of things, but has he necessarily proved a lot of things? And Moxley basically came back at him. And he talked about uh, you know, you call yourself the devil. Well, um, I I know the devil and you are not the devil. And somebody in the crowd yelled, Vince McMahon! And I thought that was actually quite funny. Oh my gosh. Uh So, no, I thought the promo worked. I thought everything in the promo was good and was working. I thought the crowd wasn't necessarily giving him what he was looking for out of it. Uh, But, no, I don't know. Moxley's always good on the mic. And I think this was a much more defined Moxley. He told the story of the first time he encountered Regal. And then the second time he encountered Regal and how he gave it back to him. And that's how they became close. Again, I'm still looking forward to the match. Uh, I think this buildup probably could have used MJF being on TV, but for the most part, uh, I I am I am looking forward to what the outcome of Full Gear ends up being. It has to I be think MJF be winning, cool. right?
3: Oh yeah, no, I I fully believe that MJF is winning the title, and even though it was overshadowed the last time they had a match at you know that All Out where Matt Hardy Humpty Dumpty to himself. Um I still remember really liking that match. It
2: was very good. And uh
3: so it's very promising that this will also this match will also kick ass.
2: Yeah, and honestly, MJF is uh I'd say like I think the pandemic did a lot for MJF. And I say Mm -hmm. this is a big fan of the work MJF does on screen. I think the so when you look back at early mjf stuff when he first got in front of those early AEW crowds a lot of his stuff is very paint by numbers heel stuff where he's just like look at these nerds your football team sucks and like he he delivered it well but it was all just very basic heel stuff and i did think that the pandemic did give mjf a chance to expand upon what he brings to the table i liked it a lot actually um, to the point of where when he gets back in front of crowds, I thought we saw a much more mature heel that had a lot more depth than he had initially.
3: Yeah, they definitely really fleshed out his characterization. I love when uh they go to his hometown and it's suddenly Bizarro mm-hmm. Land, AEW, where everyone's cheering for him. Uh, even though a lot of people are cheering for him in other places lately too, but yeah. Uh, yeah, they've really expanded his character in, in a great way. So
2: we then saw a fairly short affair. I think it only went like seven minutes, but it was um, Sky Blue. It just, it's just in case people don't know. I'm like doing these shows off the top of my head as I remember them. <laughs> but uh, I you had no- notes. I had them open, but I had to close everything out oh. to, <laughs> to see to fix the, the robotic issue. So not anymore. Oh, uh, right. But we did see Sky Blue go one-on-one with the number one contender for the AEW Interim Women's World Championship. It was uh, Sky Blue accompanied by Tony Storm. She took on Jamie Hayter. And I loved the finishing sequence of this match. I thought it was uh, probably one of the best ways to get to that Ripcord Lariat.
3: Yeah. And I also think it's interesting because it's obvious that Jamie Hader is so over right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I think she's currently probably the favorite to, you know, be the next uh, women's world championship title holder. But Sky Blue got a lot of offense in this match. She was like kicking Jamie's ass for a little bit. Uh, But yeah, also just shows how badass Jamie is by kind of having a sudden turnaround victory. Uh, at the end of this match
2: Yeah And uh, I, I Again In the um, I think Sky Blue Is one of those names That could end up Getting a little bit Of a, a Jamie Hater Type of Boost By fans who uh, Get behind her Just You know Jamie Hater Got over via the fans The fact is like mm-hmm. When Jamie Hater First showed up In 2019 Fans definitely Weren't into her when she showed up, uh, when she returned in 2021 and started teaming up with Brit, she, people were like, who the hell is this? Uh, look at this wannabe Becky Lynch. Like uh, That was the thing people were talking about on Twitter. Uh, but then
3: she... She came back got- with that new look. I remember she did her entrance for the first time when she came back. And like just me sitting there, I was like, oh, who the hell is this? Like, holy shit, this is a, this is a star right here. Oh, my God.
2: I, I think that uh, the way she was able to get over organically with the fans is going to go a long way with, because uh, uh, I think she's winning. I think she's winning at full gear. Uh, and then, yep. but I could see Sky Blue also pulling that off, because um, I think fans really want to like her.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think Sky Blue is also a big fan favorite. Um, And
2: finally, in the main event. Two out of three falls. Brian Danielson took on Sammy Guevara.
3: This was very good. And this was Sammy, a hoot. Yeah, this was yeah. Uh, I thought it, it took a little bit for it to kind of wind up, but by the time they got to the second half of this match, it was it was all out. It was just they 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 the were going third, for it.
2: The third fall of this match was excellent stuff. Brian Danielson is the greatest of all time <laughs> and that
3: the the cutter being countered by the midair psycho b- 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 knee like got popped me so big like that that was incredible
2: yeah um I so I have questions uh so my first question for you so when I make a statement like brian danielson is the goat now i say that having had years and years of experience with brian danielson goes back it's a 17 year relationship me and brian danielson as far as my fandom is concerned my question for you is Mm -hmm. as somebody who's only been watching the last few years does that statement resonate with you the way it does oh look it fucking does i love it
3: (laughs) This is a like
2: for people listening on audio. By <laughs> the way, he li- he lifted a Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan. Uh, yeah, cup.
3: This is a like mi- like early 2010s era Daniel Bryan cup. By the way, <laughs> this is like from when I was first watching wrestling. Yeah, I was very like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk were like my two favorite wrestlers when I I, I initially started watching wrestling in like 2012. Okay, so but big Brian Danielson. Daniel Bryan fan over here.
2: <laughs> well, Joe says, I was there last night. The last part of this match was absolutely incredible. Incredible. Um, again, nobody wrestles like Brian Danielson. And it's just my favorite, favorite thing to watch. Uh, and I feel like in that last stretch when we got the third fall, of course, we had the first fall um, that Brian Danielson won via disqualification. And then Sammy then used that to his advantage to um, beat and bloody brian danielson to pin him for the second fall and then the third fall brian's just magnificent triumphant comeback
3: absolutely yeah so so it. good
2: i loved it i had so much fun with this and brian i know some people were mad about uh sammy and his essential no cell of the psycho knee um,
3: I think that's just the style. I, that,
2: I think, like, here's the thing: that's something to easily dwell on. I don't need to, and you know why I don't need to? Because yeah. I had fucking fun with this match, and I don't fucking care. Like, I, I, I would care in some more egregious situations where, um, where I, I don't know, because I, I, I was just talking last week, and I, I noted to. Uh, actually, this was on after the week with me and Denise. I had made a point of how no selling to me can be great when it's effective. Um, this wasn't one of those cases where I thought it was effective. Um, I just honestly didn't even notice till I got on Twitter <laughs> to be here. Honest. Did
3: I? Yeah. It was. It wasn't really something I was. It wasn't really something I was offended by or like even really. Yeah, noticed at the time. It just right. kind of. It, it felt like because the match was really you know the picking up momentum at that point so i just thought it was matching momentum
2: yeah so i mean the the stretch uh for people who don't recall it was that sammy has brian on his shoulders for a um, gta h and then uh brian slips off of the shoulders runs hits the ropes hits the and then he looks around to the crowd. He grabs Sammy's hands like he's uh, going to start doing the, the stomps to the head. And Sammy then counters into a, um, I don't know, kind of a flipping springboard cutter onto yeah. uh, onto Brian and then goes to the top rope to attempt a swanton. Um, Brian gets the knees up and locks in the label lock and then um, traps Sammy's arm. He taps. The thing people were upset about was how quickly Sammy went from uh, having taken the knee to being essentially springy enough to hit that flipping cutter and, uh, and wasn't really selling on his way up to the top rope. I was so into the match at that stage. I didn't even fucking care Yeah, uh, <laughs> because I was just like, no, this is great. I'm I is cool feeling, stuff. Cool stuff I'm is all happening. This. Yeah. And then I jumped on Twitter and then I'm like, okay. Uh, so yeah, match ends with Brian. He's got the victory. And it's that time of the show, folks. How are the ratings? So.
3: Oh, <laughs> I forgot you did this. <laughs>
2: That's right, AEW Dynamite. Of course, it's Day After Dynamite. We gotta talk about all the Day After hey. Dynamite stuff. AEW Dynamite was number six. Uh, and my question is, why was it number six? I have a feeling. I mean, I have my my feelings. It was um, a lot of news coverage, and it was. Uh, is that
3: average? Where does it average? Would you say? I mean, it's usually it's
2: usually in the top five, sometimes even one or two. But uh, of course, the top five shows were two NBA games and then news shows. Uh, And the show did nine hundred and thirty thousand viewers. And that was good for a point three two rating. So it was up from last week still. Uh, But that's it. Again, this is a fairly unremarkable rating that yeah. you can very much chalk up to matter of fact as is being pointed out it's still up from last year um, they are up from November of 2021 which was that weird period where uh they were airing live on the west coast rather than on a delay and that tends to harm dynamite numbers Because And they had to do that for November and December before they went back to the tape delay because that would be 5 p.m. West Coast time, which is when people are just getting off of work. So, yeah, it was still in the top 10, um, but it was defeated by election coverage and NBA games. We know it's going to get defeated by NBA games every week,
3: but uh, the election coverage. That's just the nature of TV. Yeah. (laughs) Sports Uh, dominates all.
2: This was a very middling show, uh, much like last week. I didn't hate it. Uh, There was stuff on here that wasn't for me, and there was stuff that I thought wasn't clicking. I, I get the concerns about this being so close to full gear and some people not feeling as hyped for full gear. I think the full gear card is coming a- around. I think that like when you look at it top to bottom, yeah. it's looking like a good card. And I think uh, matches will probably um, deliver. But I...
3: And we still have a go-home show, right? Yeah, there's still a go-home show. So um, there's yeah. next
2: week. And I, I I can see multiple matches being added. I also hear that some of the Rampage matches are slaps. Um, I hear that the Bandito and Roosh match Kills it. it.
3: Sounds good. Yeah. Now okay. it sounds like it would be
2: cool. <laughs> we, we and we've seen that before. Uh, but i hear I hear that it it delivers on all fronts. So definitely look forward to that on Rampage. And my guess is because what there's eight matches officially on the card right now, right? Or is it nine? Nine matches officially. Uh, let me look up full gears, Wikipedia. So. Um, I guess with what gets announced on Rampage tomorrow, it's nine matches officially on the card, and I expect that two more get added. So my guess is it'll end up being 11 by the time the show rolls around.
3: Love minutes. a big pay-per-view.
2: Yes. Another big pay-per-view, another big uh, multi-hour thing that I will be in attendance for. Awesome. Uh and that'll actually complete them i was at every AEW pay-per-view this year after full gear i will have made it to every single <laughs> one of them uh which is just insanity uh that is like that made it to multiple wwe pay-per-views as well this year mm-hmm. um you know starting with the rumble and everything but no uh for those keeping track every single media scrum you heard my voice afterward yeah and and technically hold on let me think about this because i was also at Okay, here's how I'll put it. Tony, you've only not seen me at one media scrum this year, and that was Death Before Dishonor. But other than that, all of the Tony Khan media scrums, you've seen me sitting somewhere close to the front. So I'll be there again. Uh, me and Denise will be there and in, in, um, share Delaware and um, lots of other folks are, are, are going to be, in the vicinity if you're gonna be at full gear hit me up let me know um i don't know i know there's going to be things people are going to be doing around the area so hit me up if you're in the area other than that folks noah give some plugs you need more followers i know you're not like big on twitter but like <laughs> you should
3: I post occasionally over there. Yeah, I'm at Uzi Neon. Not nah, Twitter, uh, sucks, Honestly, like the, uh, this
2: app is on yeah. it. Look, <laughs> the shit is is literally about to uh, implode. It's it's gonna implode, and 2023 Twitter is going to be really interesting. And <laughs> when we look back at this time period, uh, so I don't blame you. But either way, plug everything, do the thing. Yeah. The floor is yours.
3: Uzi Uzi me on twitter uh i'm on tiktok i haven't really posted anything there but i should i should get on the tiktok that's where the kids are uh <laughs> that's where the traffic is that's my, i mean my wife is on tiktok but uh yeah instagram i guess uh i am one of the fatal four of rbr Wearing the shirt there uh that's every wednesday night uh after dynamite uh but in a different way that this is after dynamite uh How much and and uh yeah we'll be doing we'll be live on twitch uh i think monday night after raw doing some tier maker uh we're gonna tear out uh thanksgiving food so that'll be fun uh and yeah and if you're i have one question
2: about that (laughs) Uh going back to going back to my old rbr days because we used to have debates about this cranberry sauce where do you sit do you prefer like Chunks of cranberry, or do you prefer like a the the gelatin where you just like slice and have a little round disc on your plate?
3: So I feel like it it it, it goes back to the way your mom makes it, right? So or just you know who you know, like whoever is in charge of your family, however who however they make it. Uh, my mom made it fresh, so I am definitely in the camp of fresh sauce with chunks. Uh, I will settle yeah. for jelly out of a can, but it is. It is not the preferred delivery method of that for me personally.
2: Of course. Yeah, I'm I'm glad. But just so you know, (laughs) this was an RBR debate. And it really came down to Eric Brady, who is very high on simply having canned cranberry sauce and not the shit that people bring. Um, So... I'm curious how that goes. You guys enjoy uh, doing the Thanksgiving foods. RBR Wrestling can be found at rbrwrestling.com. Again, Mm -hmm. that's a show I hosted for many, many years. I hosted that show for 16 consecutive years, 2005 until uh, September of 2021. And one of the neat things that I prided myself on in... Not just hosting RBR, but I ran RBR. It was my show for a long time. Uh, For the entire time. Uh, Is that I wanted to make sure that everything that RBR ever did remained available. And that is still true to this day. That literally, if you go to rbrwrestling.com, I'm pretty sure the first episode that I ever did, first podcast I ever did, June 18th, 2005, episode 1, we're talking about the 2005 draft. You can hear 17-year-old me talking about Monday Night Raw.
3: How scary is that for you?
2: I went back just like two weeks ago and listened to an episode from like 2010, and I'm like, what the fuck was I talking about? Yeah. You're like, what the, what the fuck is this shit? Um, and Who I is do this that, little jerk? I do this all the time. I listen to episodes from like 2006, and I'm like, this guy has no idea what he's talking yeah. about why why did i put this on the internet but you know what it's you can see but the thing i like about it is that my growth as a person is out there publicly and you can listen to every single episode i ever did and so uh i am glad to have passed the baton to um to guys who have kept it going that have kept the the rbr neighborhood flowing i still peek in on the facebook group i still see um you guys doing your thing i still i'm a part of the discord so i, I see yeah we have fun in the about. discord yeah the Discord discord is good is a good time i see all that stuff um and so i'm really glad that a thing that i dedicated a lot of my time and energy to that was really hard to walk away from um is still going strong so noah I was happy to bring you on this show and uh, to have you kind of make your, your fightful debut. I'm worried about your Twitter mentions right now. Uh, But either way, thank you, Noah. I appreciate you folks. If you you. are subscribed to fightful select, jump on over there right now, because we are about to begin ask Grapsity literally right now. So, that means I have to say that that's it for this edition of Day After Dynamite. Thanks for being here. For Noah. I'm Will Washington. I will see you next time. Have a great day. Peace. Fightfulselect.com. Ask Rhapsody right now.
5: This is the story of the wand. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping.